What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Bridge Podcast. If this is your first time listening, I appreciate you. Um, and if this isn't your first time listening, I appreciate you too. I just want to give a quick introduction to our next guest. We uh, we just dove right into conversation. I pressed record. And I think that's sometimes actually all the time when the best conversations happen. So today's guest was Syra, Cy, Baby Cy. Um, she's a dear friend of mine and we connected a couple months ago and she is just a very unique and loving human being. And it's funny that we didn't talk about how she's a Grammy winner, whatever Grammy artist. Um, we didn't talk about her accolades. Rather, we talked about her journey, and I think that shows who she really is at her core. And I want to just make this introduction for everyone listening to also just open your hearts, open your minds before entering this space and conversation, because me inside dive into some deep topics. And I want you to lean into that discomfort when it comes or when something comes up that maybe you haven't heard of, or you may even disagree with. Um, Sai is amazing. Um, you can just feel her energy through her words. So I'm excited for you all to listen to this one. And without further ado, the podcast with Sai. Love you. Um, being signed to a major label and then getting shelved and then you know, a lot of other really traumatic things happening simultaneously that kind of took away all of my other careers, life coaching, motivational speaking, it all kind of went away overnight. Mm. And, um, and I'm so grateful now, but in the moment, like, I really just didn't want to be here anymore. Like, because, you know, if your whole objective in life is to work, and then all of it's taken, you really have such a loss of identity. Mm. Um, and so for me, I really lost my identity. And when it came down to what I, what I liked to do, what I enjoyed doing, I honestly had no idea because the only thing I enjoyed doing was working. Mm. And I didn't understand anything outside of working for either, you know, accomplishment or money. And like the idea of, you know, like now I make dollhouses for no reason, you know, uh -huh. um, but that would have never occurred to me because I wasn't allowed to do anything that didn't make money or get me somewhere. <laughs> mm. And so that's how baby Cy was born because I was like, you know, what do I do now that I have nothing and I don't have anyone and who am I? And so I had to start dating myself. And so I really mm. had a lot of self-loathing um, because of the way everything turned out, you know, cause I thought my life was supposed to look different and I yeah. felt like I had failed. And so every Sunday became baby size Sunday <laughs> and I would take myself on a date and do a bunch of weird stuff. And I would have to talk to myself in third person. So I was really in my Kanye, but yeah. I was like, okay, baby side, what do you like to do? What do you like to eat? <laughs> do you like, who do you like? You know? I love that. Um, something I made a, a Google doc and just one day I, so it's titled, raps slash poems ha 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 i don't know when i, I like made it. it um but usually after 
I do breath work or something, I'll just hop on there and whatever comes out, comes out and it flows. Mm-hmm. And the other day I just started writing about things little Gabe loved to do. Oh, and so I made like this huge list. And so now every, like not every day, but every other day or something, if I think of something, I'll just like add it on to the list. But it just reminds me of like so much of what my true like inner child like love to do and just like continuing to do those things, even if it's in a different form or like the exact same way. A hundred percent. I think that that's the most important thing. Cause like I said, it's weird, but it's exactly what you were speaking to earlier. Like we come into this world, we get put into institutions. We spend the rest of our life in institutions working so that we can afford to be with people we love missing the people we love because we're all overworking yeah (laughs) and so you know really connecting back like who is the most valuable player is children they're the ones who see the world accurately and then we beat that out of them you know Mm. so connecting back with those little moments of just pure joy for no reason you know i feel like the you know the past like seven years, maybe five years of my life has all been spent making amends to me for like the violence that I forced upon myself, you know, Mm. (laughs) like just with the overworking and missing all the moments and never being satisfied with what I had accomplished, you know, but when you bring that, there's this TikTok challenge going around right now. I don't know what it, I'm not like a big internet guy, but it's the thing about like where a kid is like doing a triple front flip and they're like, Basically, it's talking about like, wait, I can do a triple front. If you showed uh-huh. your younger self you now, you would be so impressed, you know, mm. so blown away. I know I would. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's reconnecting with that, that part of ourselves. That's the most authentic and um, mm. it's been such a gift. Um, I used to, when my dad was at work, I used to call him and leave him voicemails and I'd act like a TV announcer or like a sports announcer. And um, he kept like some of the voicemails and like one day he just like brought it up and like, I listened to myself and I like pieced it together in my head. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm just doing what I love to do as a kid. Like with the podcast. Yep. And so then I was like, Oh my gosh. Like I'm even getting like the goosebumps. Like I, I know like, this is exactly the right place, the right thing that I'm supposed to be doing. Um, but when I really thought about it, it's like, I'm just doing what I love to do as a kid. Like it was already in me, but I just pushed it away. Completely. Now it's like, and I don't think like others understand like the joy and like how much this just like uplifts me like doing it because I I like I truly like it will never be one of those things labeled as work it's just like a natural thing that I love to do I really want to connect you with my friend Richie Norton he um he helps people with podcasts he's done like crazy things um and he's a New York Times bestseller he actually just released a new book um he's one of the most incredible people but I I love I love the way that you approach life where that's exactly it is you just do what you love and everything follows. Cause that's, that is the key to life. I feel like, you know, Mm. in terms of 
you know, like for me, for example, when I first started making music, I was homeless. I lived, you know, I stayed at Union Station. I slept at the train station. And then eventually I got an apartment mm-hmm. and um, it was a garage in East LA, but it wasn't like a nice converted garage. It was like, I slept next to a car and there was holes in the ceiling. And if it rained, I would get oh my stuck gosh. inside because the doors would swell. So I'd be trapped in the garage. No plumbing. It was a whole vibe. Um, but I just did what I loved and I just knew mm. that I was supposed to just do what I loved. And I knew if I did what I loved that everything would follow. And it was hard obviously in that place because, you know, you feel a bit mentally ill when you tell yourself like you're going to be somebody and you're like mm. in the middle of a flood sleeping next to a red Corvette. But it's, you know, tapping into that childhood belief and that, you know, that creation is so powerful. And when you like were like three years, I won a Grammy. So it was. <laughs> when you were in those moments, what were things that would pull you out to allow you to, you know, keep pursuing your music? I think, you know, I woke up, I eat, breathed and slept music at that time in my life because it was the only thing, you know, when I was a kid, um, I came from so much chaos, you know, there was just mm. a lot of chaos all the time. Um, you know, my dad and my stepmom were nudists. My dad was a heroin addict. You know, I was abused and I dropped out of the fourth grade. There was just no, <clears throat> there wasn't a lot of light for me when I was a kid. So what I did is I listened to music mm. and um, I remember when my dad died, I would write I would write the lyrics to the Don McLean song, American Pie, over and over and over. And all of the words that artists sang to me made me want to live. You know, they made me want to stay mm-hmm. here. There was something very, they carried me through. Like, and, you know, Joni Mitchell, actually, Joni. Um, and, you know, there were so many artists that really saved my life. And so... When it came down to, you know, me being 16, 17, 18 and wanting to make music, it wasn't like I had to give up anything. Like sometimes I feel bad for kids because they'll be like, they'll come from a great place and they're like, how do I make music? I want to. And I'm like, I do think it takes a little bit of being so crazy, like focused in order to make that happen. Like you have to have a little bit of mental illness in you and a little bit Mm -hmm. of like, you don't listen to the word no. (laughs) Yeah. You know, Um, but yeah, it wasn't a challenge for me. I didn't have to try and apply myself. I always knew since I was a kid that I was supposed to do that. Like from the age of seven, I would journal like, I'm going to, you know, I would write like, you know, save, change the world. I'm going to be a huge star. I'm gonna like, you know, Mm. (laughs) which, I think I did to the extent that I felt comfortable, but I don't think that's what I really wanted. I think I really wanted to help people and the rest of the stuff that comes with it kind of made me a bit sad. Mm. I think when like when we're kids, we like before we get that programming and stuff, um, when we say like changing the world and stuff like that, really, we're just like changing ourselves. And then gifting that to the world. Um, I had the chance to, to speak at a TEDx last year. Ah. And so it was like, yeah, 
And I honestly had no idea what I was going to talk about because I'd had like a bajillion ideas in my head, like my whole life, just of like things I want to talk about. Did they give you a um, like a title? So, yeah, my title was um, The World Needs You and the World Needs You to Be You. Oh, yes. And um, something that just like came to me was like the world is this big puzzle piece. And if you try to like make your puzzle piece something else, like you won't give the world what it needs of you. Yeah. But if you like make the puzzle piece, you like you're gifting that to the world. And that's what the world needs is more people being themselves. Um, But I find it so like, I don't know, lately, just like taking a step back and looking at the world where it's like we strangle ourselves with busyness. We strangle ourselves with, you know, you got to do this to get this, to get this, do this, do this, do this. It's like, we never even have time to look in the mirror and like talk to ourselves, you know? Completely. A hundred percent. I think a lot of that is done on purpose though, you know, cause I really truly believe that human beings are the most powerful things in the world. I think we don't even understand what we're capable of. Um, the way our brains actually work, the way our DNA actually works. I don't think that we know that yet. Mm. And, um, and so I think a lot of this distraction, whether, you know, someone is doing this to us or whether this is collectively what we're choosing to experience right now is being inundated and then finding ourselves, you know, through that hero's journey. But I was listening to this thing the other day, and who knows if it's true because it's the internet. So mm. everything is true or not, depending on your perspective. And they were talking about TikTok in China. TikTok in China is not full of dance moves and all this stuff. TikTok in China, the algorithms are set for children where, you know, let's say you want to, it's all for trade jobs. Mm. So, it'll be literal teaching some sort of skill that's actually a beautiful thing that you can benefit your life with. But trying to set the algorithm for us out here to be the opposite of that. And I just think that that's very interesting, Mm. (laughs) you know, but again, I believe on a, on a higher level, maybe we're all choosing to kind of forge ourselves through the fire of, being distracted, having the world try to tell us who we should be and then finding ourselves through that experience, you know? Mm. Have you watched the, the Truman show? Yes. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Um, oh my God. This is a Truman show. We, my sophomore year of high school, my teacher was super dope. Like, and we watched the Truman show in the matrix and did like a seminar on it and it was oh, that's tight that's what i'm i'm saying like when i tell people about it they're like yo you had the best high school ever but um yeah we did that we watched gattaca too uh-huh. and just like had all these conversations and these like questions of like who am i and what am i here for and then you know paired that with like we had a world religions class where we talked about like we read Siddhartha and like, oh, wow. About, right. Like we talked about Buddhism and all this stuff. And I was like, immediately like put 110% effort into those things. I was like, I, this is fascinating. Now I wish I went to school. I was, <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's tight. <laughs> I love like Siddhartha. I've probably read it. I think it, 
I'm on my fourth time. Wow. But it's just like thinking about like the journey and like where wisdom comes from. And like every time I read it, I just have this new like perspective. Yeah. I go through all of my old books, not like old books, but I've had books that I read when I was 15. Mm. And certain ones I'll just read every few years. Like even one of the books that changed my life, um, it was so interesting. I I was really depressed. I was probably like 18. And I think I had gotten, I, I basically looked on my bookshelf one day and there was a book that was there that I had never seen before. It was almost just mm. like implanted onto my bookshelf. And I was like, oh my God, I must be crazy. Um, and it was this book, Celestine Prophecies, and um, uh, and I read it, and it it just I don't know what about it. It just changed my life in that moment. I don't remember what the why it hit me so tough, but uh, I then heard in my head that I was going to meet this guy, and he was going to put me on my first show, and I had so I like followed all of these things, and um. So I go to this party because my head is telling me this stuff. And I'm like, I'm, at this point, I didn't know that these were gifts. I really was kind of concerned that I was mentally ill. So I called mm. my family and I was like, I might be schizophrenic. I might be psychic. I don't really know the vibe. I'll let yeah. you know. Because <laughs> at that point in my life, either could have been possible. And um, so I go to this party it's an art show and I see the back of this kid's hood and my head is like, that's him. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm nuts. So my head's like, you got to go talk to the guy. And I'm like, I don't want to talk to this guy. I don't know what to say. And they're like, just go talk to him. So Uh I go, I tap on the guy's shoulder. He turns around and I'm like, hi. And he's like, hi, do I know you? And I'm like, no. And I couldn't think of anything to say. And I was like, have you ever read Celestine Prophecies? And he was like, I just finished that book tonight. Who are you? Oh. And I was like, I'm Syra. You throw <laughs> shows? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, cool. Can you put me on one? And he's like, I don't even know if you, like, you're good. And I was like, that's okay. You should just put me on. And he did. Shout out to Nathan Nice. He put me on my first show. But long story short, I've read that book every like five years or, you know, every three years, five, seven. And it's been so interesting to see it all from a different perspective. You know, like they they say your cells change every seven years, you know, Mm. feel like a different person. I love that, that you just like really not even like lean toward your intuition, but like. Jump in. Yeah. Like head first. Yep. And I've, you know, I think the thing that I'm grateful for is I've definitely tried to hide. I've definitely tried to hide. The truth is, is the past five years, I've been unpacking how much I've been inauthentic, (laughs) Mm. Um, which is really just something I have to, you know, make amends to myself for. Like, why did I feel like I had to hide so much? But at the same time, I'm so grateful because the experience that I've had here has been magical because I have leaned in because people have um you know cast different different things upon me but the more and more that I've found peace inside of myself and just constantly committed to these gifts and followed them through the more I have fallen in love with being alive (laughs) Mm. 
you know so despite um, other people's opinions I've actually found that I have never been more excited to be here <laughs> you know I've never been more grateful I've never had so much joy and I think the thing about spiritual matters is sometimes you have to invest in yourself and walk away from the people who think it's crazy just like you talked about being a puzzle piece like some of the puzzle piece I've recognized that I am is that I'm not necessarily here to fit in you know mm. and I think that that was probably one of the more painful things for me throughout this experience being here but it's actually also my gift you know that's my joy mm. um, is that I'm not yeah, I'm not having the same experience, so <laughs> might as well lean in. I also think, though, that we're all gifted. I don't think that I have some sort of gift um, that's outside of, you know, the conventional. I just think that all the distractions, we are all like this. We just don't all listen. And mm. a lot of us will go out of our way to completely submerge our intuition, to drown it, because we might be making the wrong decisions and we don't want to hear about it. Mm. you know i so. think when when you're in your gift that's the best way to get others to get into their gift yes yes because it's contagious you know mm. authenticity is contagious it's just not common right now <laughs> mm. i mean it is i think a lot of people are waking up and there is a you know a revolution of thought happening but I still think it's very in you know the polarity that we're in is so the duality is so intense mm. <laughs> so it's like people are fully embracing themselves or people are fully submerging their truth you yeah. can't really live in the in-between anymore mm -mm. you have to pick a side <laughs> mm. I mean to you know what I mean you got to pick You're, a little yeah, bit yeah yeah to a certain extent. What would you say to someone who is like not on like the brink, but like want to step into that authentic side of them? What but they're they feel held back by like their limiting beliefs or maybe their their family or I don't know anything else that holds them back. What would you say to them? I would say <clears throat> that the first three rules that I was told through my head um, but because I actually really didn't know how to break out of the prison I'd created <laughs> to be honest mm. with you I had you know become a world-renowned 12-step speaker I had done TED talks I'd done all of these things in the music industry I had you know sober companion people helped uh, helped a ton of people and and <clears throat> through my you know, I got forged through the fire. Like I, I really had made certain decisions that kind of capsized my entire life, but also everything capsized at one time. So it was very difficult for me to find any self-love or self-acceptance. And I was definitely being shunned by the world mm. in every way, shape and form, financially, physically, mentally, like even my friends of 20 years were really awful to me so it was painful everywhere but i understand now the spiritual point of that is that everyone had to deny me so that i would accept myself mm. um and that was that's part of how this game goes right like rejection is god's protection whatever you believe in but truly i recognize now that if i'm not choosing myself that you might go super out of pocket 
just so that I can find myself. And that's what all of these people did for me. But when I tried to get out of this thing I had created, I didn't know how. And what my guides told me was there's three rules, truth, clarity, and boundaries. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so good at all of that. <laughs> like, I'm not like, it me. And, and they, and they were like, no, you don't even understand what that means. And I was like, yes, I do. I'm a motivational speaker. <laughs> um, but I didn't understand what that meant because again, the acts of violence that I've perpetuated have been to self, right? So truth, the truth is I might not even like you at all. And yet I spend time with you because I want to make money. The clarity is I don't actually enjoy what I'm doing. Why am I doing it? The boundaries are now that I understand that I don't like this, I'm no longer going to do this, even if I want to. Does that make any sense? Like, it's weird that that would be the spiritual aspects, but that's it is like, the truth is, I talked to myself like I was a piece of shit all the time, but was unaware of it. The boundaries were I was no longer allowed to say things like that. And I wasn't allowed to go to places that didn't suit me or hang out with people that didn't serve me. And so I had to start really recarving away because the thing, this is the thing about these gifts is that if I have people around me that are not genuine, or if I'm not being genuine about how I really feel, then I'm blocking, mm. you know? So all of, all of the distractions, all of the low vibrations I've used to submerge my own gifts. So the more I cut things out that don't really make me happy, the better and better it gets. And so that's what I would say. But at the end of the day too, what I always tell people, cause sometimes it's really hard, especially like, you know, I've been really shunned in a lot of different ways. You know, that's hard to still show up at least for me. Cause I've come from shame. So like if everybody mm -hmm. hates me, I'm going to go with what they say. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in the past. Um, but this is the thing. And this is the thing that I always tell myself also. The only person, the only person I'm going to spend the rest of my life with, guaranteed, the only person is me. Everybody else can come and go. And that includes your family. That includes everybody. That is really it. So when you put that in perspective, why am I making you more comfortable than I'm making myself? Mm. And why do I care more about what you think about me than what I think about me? That's nuts. So. But on paper, everything looked great for you. Oh my God, paper, it looked amazing. But internally, I was struggling and I couldn't you know I had created a prison that was very beautiful because I was such a beautiful person and I really was it all came from such a genuine place but I didn't have any boundaries so if you needed something I constantly gave to you and I kept giving and kept giving and kept giving and I was not understanding the laws of the universe you know and so now I work in alignment with you know being even we're both important <laughs> mm. you know but i've made other people my masters i've made other people my point and my purpose in life and i've given them power over me and so you know the past few years has been about reclaiming my own power mm.
you know, if that makes sense. It's funny because I, I didn't even know what I was doing to myself because it all looked so nice. Yeah. You know, how could it be wrong if I'm helping everyone? And they yeah. said, well, you're doing it, but you're doing it all wrong. You're doing, you're doing it from the outside in. And it's what you said, Gabe. You have to do it from the inside out. Mm. That just reminded me of that quote. Um, I don't know where I saw it, but it was like, don't say God is in my heart. Say I am in the heart of God. Mm, I love that. I'm in the heart of God. I really feel that too. You I know. think like, I don't know the, and then being in the, in the heart of God, like you can't really go wrong with that filling up your own cup and then filling up other people's cups as well. A hundred percent. And I think that's, <clears throat> it's beautiful to help people. It's important. We're all here together. But what I really recognize now is that I am my own soul and I am on this never ending journey, you know, so my job is really and solely to take care of self. And if I do that accordingly, then I always have something to give, you know, mm. and that just flows off. There is no, you know, I feel like service is, should be, you know, 51% me and then the rest for the world type energy. But at this point, I actually don't do any service. Um, minus just, you know, sessions, things like that. So, cause I'm in my receiving now. Mm. in my quiet now what are some things you do to to fill up your own cup oh meditation i would say that's probably the main thing i think um you know even with there's been a lot of really intense energy going on right now a lot of intense upgrades for people our dna is being activated by the solar flares and we're raising in vibrational frequency, which can feel a lot like anxiety. Mm. <laughs> you know, we'll misconstrue all of this to be anxiety. And not that it's not, but it's really energy. All of it's energy. And um, so for me, especially for the past two weeks, while the Schumann's resonance was blacked out, I've just been meditating and... Um, and really just connecting myself to the earth. And the other things I love to do, you know, I take myself out to dinner. So I'll go on a dinner date. Um, meditation. I've been doing actually a lot of tarot cards. Uh, mm. I've been learning because it's really funny, but they were like, you should get on TikTok because I'm, I'm, I'm very isolated in a lot of ways. And there's more expansion that I need to do just to have fun, just to connect with yeah. people, even though I might not want to be in person. So they were telling me that I should be doing this and I should do it on TikTok. And I was like, I'm going to start with like zero followers on TikTok, like, which is fine. But I'm like, this is so weird. Like, why? Uh -huh. um, and then my friend, I told them, I said, I don't know. My head's telling me I'm not going to start with zero followers. It's, I don't know. And so then they gave me their TikTok account with 70,000 followers. So I'm going to start next week. But I think just connecting with spirit is what I love to do. So I receive information through meditation. Um, 
and I receive information through cards and I don't even need a lot of information but it just makes me feel loved and connected through this time the other things I do is I go on walks every day and mm. I make sure that I talk to each and every plant but you know I'm like oh hello good morning like uh -huh. I look like a crazy person on the block <laughs> but everybody loves me they're like hey i'm like oh hello i'm talking to you <laughs> daffodil daddy yep i'll be here <laughs> um but yeah those are some of the things i do i have a lot uh and then i read a lot i love reading mm. it makes me feel very grounded and connected reading yeah those two like reading and going for walks um like I mentioned earlier this past summer, like not like I would go on like hour, two hour long walks. And something I realized when COVID first hit, I remember I went on a walk when it was like really bad. Everything was shut down. And I, I, I went without my phone and I saw trees that I never realized before on my street. That's what I'm talking about. I saw like this and that. And I had another moment like that over the summer um, I was sitting in the Metro parks and I'm like looking in the sky and I see these birds flying and I realized I'd never watched birds fly. Wow. Like the birds were like really, really flapping really hard. And then other times they're gliding with the wind and then they're flapping really hard. And I'm just like sitting there thinking to myself, like, yo, when was the last time I sat with myself and like, just opened my eyes mm -hmm. and it felt like. I was like born again almost. I think it's so important. And that's that childlike wonder. That's really exactly it is like, you know, that's the other thing when these gifts came in really hardcore, I started to be obsessed with all sorts of things that I could not have given a shit about prior. <laughs> Truly, mm -hmm. I was like, look at the sunflower. And everyone's like, are you on drugs? I'm like, no, but have you ever looked inside of where the seeds go and they're like syro you're bugging out bro i was like but it like the patterns of nature <laughs> they're like okay <laughs> but uh -huh. truly it's like you spend time and there's so much to absorb but we are so caught up in all these things you know these things yeah. that just they're like look at me and i'm like no i don't want to that was literally um, when I was in L.A. staying with Mike, we went on a hike and uh, I forget which mountain or hill we went on. And I swear every like two minutes, I was like just soaking up so much of like what he was saying because he like holds so much wisdom, you know, brilliant. And every two, three minutes, I'd be like, oh, hold on a second. Like, I need to take in this like this is fucking beautiful. Like, look at these like look at this guy right now. And uh, so he always jokes with me um, saying, he's like, yep, if we go anywhere with Gabe, we're going to have to stop 20 times and just take in the moment. I'm like, hell yeah, yep. we are like. <laughs> but you have to. Yesterday I had a client and um, we walk outside and I like made them stand with me for like four minutes. I was like, can you please look at the sky? They were like, wow. I'm like, no, but look at the sky. <laughs> They're like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, but it's blue and there's clouds. How sad is it living in L.A.? Like, that shit is actually 
like a rare moment i was like we need to absorb this they're like okay saiba i also need to go home because it's been a five-hour day with you mm -hmm. <laughs> you know but i'm like wow i feel so grateful you know it's so funny but it's it's like i had depression literally all of my life like i remember at like 10 years old i was like standing in an apartment in queens on like maybe the fifth floor or something and i was like you could just jump out this window and end it all now. <laughs> like that's my me at 10 years old, you know? And mm. I, fe I feel like that whole lifetime of depression to the point where I didn't even know I was depressed. I just thought it was normal to feel that way. So it didn't mm. even occur to me. But now I just laugh because I'm like, I could have never imagined I'd be this person where I'm so thrilled to just look at the sky and I'm talking to daffodils and I seem like a whole kit and caboodle of crazy, but it's just been such an exciting time. Mm. I think it's sometimes when we see other people like going through this and like living this, um, we think that they don't have those, those moments of sadness or when they're like deep in their, in their stuff. Um, and that's been something like, I've been trying to use my social media and stuff to like, just like really be authentic on it. Like talk about what I'm going through. Like, and last year I went through this just deep sadness and in the time I didn't think about it, but like reflecting my life was just like on autopilot of wake up, go to class, go to the gym, eat, sleep, wake up, you know? Mm. And I found myself just like super sad and wondering like, what am I doing here? Like, what is this? Like, you know? And I'm, I was super low, found myself like crying all the time. We re we made a trip to Columbus and to go to the, a sports fest or um, a fitness expo. And I, we were in the Airbnb and we went with my brother and some of our friends and I just broke down to him like hysterically crying. And I was like, dude, I've never felt so low. Like, like, and, um, so that, that was happening the next Tuesday. Our mom had a doctor's appointment was diagnosed with cancer. Oh my God. So I was like, I was low. And then like the lows got even lower and like a few weeks later, girlfriend and I broke up and I was like, oh. all right. So now I'm just like really starting from rock bottom. And I slowly just began to like build myself up with like by sharing what was going on. Like I realized like I'd bottled it up so much. Like my whole life was just like shove it down even farther, further and further. Mm -hmm. And even like my relationship with like working out was to just like push the pain down even more mm -hmm. and suffocate it, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, I found myself in moments, like when I was in group settings, like moments where I could be vulnerable in a safe space. So then I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. Even though my mind's telling me not to talk about it, I'm going to talk about it. Mm -hmm. I talked about it one time and then I felt like weights come off, started talking about it again, more weights came off. And then I just like started to accept it. And then I started like realizing like, all right, like I've been wrestling the, with the whole cancer thing with my mom. Like I wouldn't accept it. And then I finally like came to terms with it. And it's like, well, now I'm going to 
live every moment with my mom mm. like no other. And what it made me realize is like, not that I wasn't living every moment with my mom before that, but now everything's so much more intentional behind it. Mm. And I'm like not sitting on my phone while talking to her. You're I'm present. like listening to her stories. Yeah, truly present. And so like, I'm so grateful for rock bottom because like it taught me those things. I think that's like, that's the hard part is you do have to go through some rock bottoms to get to, because, uh, you know, we are on autopilot and we are taught that it doesn't really matter and keep going or, you know, for people, I think, you know, like for me, when I got to this place, like one of my core memories at five years old is I'm looking up into the sky and I'm like, I don't, I don't know why I came here. Truly. Like, I don't, I don't, this isn't what I thought it was. That's what mm -hmm. I remember feeling. It's like, this is not what I thought I was signing up for <laughs> five years old. And I just heard this voice of like, you know, you're here to do your part. And I was, I just remember being a kid and thinking like, this place is so, it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense. And I think mm -hmm. for people that are different, it's very hard because like for me, I can't live in autopilot. I've never been one of those people. If I'm forced into a system, my spirit rattles, you know, like pain becomes my reality because I don't, I don't know how to operate inside of that system. It completely degrades, you know, who I am. And mm. so I think, you know, I think those rock bottom moments and breaking through those confines of our own imprisonment mentally, it doesn't even matter what, you know, it's really us doing it to us, regardless mm. of whether there's another agenda here or not. Um, but having, you know, hitting those moments, it just allows us. And I think that's, that's what I was saying earlier. It's like when I was a kid, I was so old and so depressed, you know, like me at 10, I was like 85 and like bitter. And now me at 35, I can't believe that. And I just said it on the internet, but whatever. Um, me at 35, like I've never been more present. I've never been more grateful. I've never been more excited. I've never been more obsessed with plants. I've never been mm. just more like a child, you know? Yeah. The restoration. Absolutely. And I'm not trying to say this is like, oh, look at me. Like I have everything figured out. And the truth is I don't, and I never will. No, and I but I think that's the, the beauty of it. Yes. But you, you do, when you figure yourself out though, you do have a lot figured out. Mm. You know what I mean? When you figure yourself out and you learn how to have that loving, intimate relationship with self, you actually do have so much figured out. It doesn't mean that there's not pain. It just means that you know what to do with it, you know? I'm sorry. Life is just such a rodeo of, you know, experiences. And that is the mm. thing is like, that's exactly it is it doesn't always get easier but it does get um easier inside of ourselves to be able to show up you know mm. for these moments yeah sometimes i my mom was a a super creative person mm. and she she loved just like like she was the type of person that was like also too nice to people 
Like I would tell her, be like, mom, like, mom, we're going to get in a car accident if you let one more person go, you know? Because she would um, just be like, go, go. Yeah, off. yeah, yeah. Um, but it's like, sometimes I feel like um, I'm living part of her creative dreams as well. Like with yes. this, op- like with social media and stuff, the way that you can like spread a message out there. Yeah. Like my mom would spread that message between our four walls, you know, and anyone she encountered, but to have like a platform where you can do it on social media for like thousands of people to see oh. maybe I feel. That I feel makes, that. That's beautiful. That's really beautiful. And I absolutely, sorry, that just really, no, it's like, that just really hit me. Cause I think that's so beautiful that you, you guys get to share that energy of, evolution you know Mm. and I feel I so deeply feel that way just in general like I I used to tell people when my dad died they thought I was so weird but I would tell people that my dad was supposed to die um (laughs) because I was supposed to be doing all this stuff and and nobody knew what I was talking about but I went to a medium you know a few years ago and uh my mom was with me and the, the guy said the moment you took your first breath, your dad was destined to leave. And Mm. I'm not saying that this is what this is, but for me in my journey, my dad definitely, I just knew that this was something we were doing together. We had both chosen this experience together. Mm. And my dad's biggest dream and all his photos when he's a kid is holding an Atlantic records record. Mm. And, um, And I didn't even know he wanted to sign to Atlantic at all. But I signed to Atlantic and then I went through all of his old journals Mm. and he had wanted to sign to Atlantic records and all this stuff. And so it is, you know, I've been blessed to be able to carry my dad's energetic legacy for him and be able to connect, you know, because really energy is everywhere. So it's been a beautiful experience of, um, you know, just joining energies, merging energies. Mm. It's so beautiful when you, when you like think of those things. Yeah. And it, and I think it makes it easier, you know, um, cause I think like for me, I've lost so many people in so many ways and, uh, that was really hard for me, but every day now I hear from all sorts of people. Like I'm saying, I had this, the kid that called me and he was like, Hey, I'm calling because I want an internship. And I was like, I'm so sorry, but actually your grandmother who passed is in my kitchen right now. And she's saying you actually called me to do a healing. So just mm. come come by if you want to. You know, I didn't like charge the guy. This isn't like a pyramid scheme yeah. of like whatever. <laughs> but I was like, I, I think you're supposed to come here um, if you want to. And so he did. But that you know, gives me so much comfort in terms of energy, just understanding that all of us are all here together at all times, constantly evolving, learning and sharing, whether we physically, you know, can experience them or not. Mm. And with this new energy, this veil is so thin. So my house has been off the chain all week, things flying and moving. And they played the sound bowl the other day. And I'm like, y'all are freaking me out. Chill (laughs) out. I'm not doing all this, (laughs) you know, someone, um, this lady I met who her name's Rebecca, who she actually, so I've told this story before on the podcast, 
but me and my buddy Mo, we did, um, we jumped in the, into Lake Erie in like February. It was like freezing out. Right. And there's nobody at this park and we like jump in this lake. Right. And something just came on me where I felt like chanting. So I was just like, ash, ash, ooh, ooh, ooh. And then Mo started doing it too. And we're both in the water and it's like seven 30 in the morning. Um, like middle of like February in Cleveland, this lady comes out of nowhere. She walks down and she's telling us that the spirit sent her. And she goes, she's like, I was like a mile or two away. Um, I was supposed to walk in the other direction, but something pulled me towards this way. Like I knew something was happening. And, um, so I connected with her, like we stay in touch. I interviewed her on a (laughs) podcast, but she was telling me, she slid up on one of my Instagram stories or something. She's like, Gabe, the energies are rising. Like, yes, they are. And so, yes, they are. I love that. You know, that's, I, I used to be uncomfortable being myself when this gift first started. Cause I was actually really trying to be like a thought at a pool party, which is so funny in retrospect. I've never been one, but I wanted to be normal so bad. And, uh, but you know, the more and more I lean into this stuff, I'm walking around all the time. Like my friends make a joke because I I have the most intimate relationship with Uber drivers that anyone has ever seen. <laughs> so like, well, like they'll be having a party and like my Uber will pull up and I'll stay in the car for another 10 minutes. And then me and the Uber driver both get out and we're both crying and we hold each mm-hmm. other for, you know, 15 minutes. And then they're like, I'll see you tomorrow at brunch. And my friends are like, Cyra, what the fuck is going on? Like, what are you doing? But I'm like, it's that. It's that I was supposed to go the other way, but I got in this car and then we end up sharing or I end up sharing what I'm feeling about them. And, you know, there's a there's a weird amount. You could do like a weird amount of raw vulnerability in an Uber because you never have to see them again. So. Yep. <laughs> so I think that's where I practice getting more comfortable with myself. But I just... I think that this whole thing is miraculous. And what I'm really excited about is the future. Um, as much as this is going to be really challenging, what comes up next, it's also such a miraculous time because the energy is rising. Mm. And so as much as we will, you know, when we talk about the rock bottom, bringing people to the, you know, the precipice that's what we're going to go through further however we've also never been in a time when the energy has risen so much where we're capable of truly evolving at such a level you know Mm. when my gift first started um they said uh i remember one day they were talking to me about something and they said how much of your dna do you use and i said i don't know all of it right because that would make sense in terms of evolution or whatever i was like i mean all of it they said no you use three percent or one point whatever it is it's one point three or three three percent of your dna and i said well how does that make any sense what happened to the rest of it they said the other 97 percent is junk dna and i was like that doesn't make it any sense that really doesn't make any sense if you don't need something then you don't have it anymore 
Right. In terms of what we've been taught in science, right? Like if you're, if you don't use it, it, it goes away. Yeah. So I was so confused about the whole thing. And then they said, no, they said, why are you, why do you think you're like this? I said, I don't know why I'm like this. <laughs> why don't you tell me why I'm like this? <laughs> and they said, because your DNA is activating. So now you use more percent of your DNA than other people here. However, all of our DNA is going to be activated for all of us. Mm. And some of us, it might be challenging because we ne didn't necessarily, maybe some of us wanted to be a thought at a pool party, but all of our DNA is activating as this energy rises. So it's such an exciting time where, you know, for me, I'm very excited about the future, although it comes with a lot of challenges. I'm just like, imagine being on the planet during the time when your DNA is going to calibrate, connect and rise us up. Right. Quantum leaping. Mm. I think it's, it's even like, thinking about when like the community of aspect of it as well, like mm -hmm. in a place where like breath work happens, where there's like 10, 15, 20, whatever people doing it, just like the energy that's in there and like the power, not like even so like the power and the just power. Like, yeah. Um, I think it's, it's amazing. So like really stepping into that now, I don't know. I think it'll, it'll be beautiful. A hundred percent. And breathwork absolutely activates your DNA. I also love that you jumped in the lake in February because I'm like, y'all are really Wim Hofen, but wow. <laughs> I like, wow. I tell, I, I think Wim is like my long lost uncle. I love um, Wim. I went, funny thing, when we were at that, um, the fitness expo, they had like the cryo chambers. Oh yeah. And so I was like, yo, are you guys just letting anybody hop in there? He's like, yeah, you want to go in? I was like, yeah, I'll go in. And he goes, all right, like I won't turn it all the way cold or whatever. We'll see how you do. And I looked at it. I like turned, I was like, just turn it all the way cold. <laughs> and so he turns it all the way cold. And, uh, I got out and the guys like asked me questions, like how it was. I was like, it was cool. I was like, I prefer the water, like cold water over it. Like I feel it more. And I go, yeah, like Wim Hof is my second cousin and stuff like that. And then the guy started laughing and he was like, seriously? And I was like, no, dude, but I feel like we're connected. Like, I that. mean, yeah. um, but like the places the cold water is taking me to is wild. It's crazy. It's so crazy to, to, you know, cause these, these modalities for like, I don't do anything. I don't do any, you know, I've done ayahuasca twice but I'm I, currently in my life I'm not doing anything and haven't for a very long time because I don't feel the need you know like mm -hmm. I I microdosed uh for my depression that was what I did first for um a month and a half and that was it after that I never had to do it again and so that was pretty much my the extent of a psychedelic journey for me and mm -hmm. then the ayahuasca two times you know, to clear out years of trauma. Um, but it's crazy to me because when I do breath work and when I do cold exposure, I feel like, and saunaing, I had this experience mm. like three days ago where I was like, oh my God, I feel like, 
it is the craziest experience ever. You feel like you're completely on something else in a totally different dimension, you know? It's a yeah. profound experience. Yeah, like, if I, the amount of money I spent on ice this past summer just to take, <laughs> like, cold plunges, you'd think I was crazy, but, like, the the high I got and the clarity, the, yes. like, everything um, was so worth it. Like, I, I love that stuff. Sam and I, my older brother, were, um, we just bought a chest freezer and we're, like, sealing it and everything, so we're going to get that. I finally ah, and so, so i can just exciting. stop like do it all all the time so that's so tight my friend has an ice plunge and obviously gazo has an ice plunge mm -hmm. um for me it's so interesting because like fire comes out of me like when that was actually a huge thing a few years ago but i started to just get these fevers and the fevers would go up to 104 Oh, wow. like well not 104 but like 103.5 like scary where i was like oh my god am i gonna and they would last for probably 20 minutes and then just burn off so i'd have like an episode all the time and i was like is it am i ill but i think it was the activation inside of me um coming out because if i touch people if they don't feel good my hands catch fire basically and then on top of that mm -hmm there'll be sparks coming out of my hand, like purple, you know, like if I'm, so for me, it's been such a challenge to get in the ice bath because it's like the opposite of where, mm. it's exactly what I need, but it is the opposite of where my body mm. is landing, you know, but that balance of fire and water is so crucial for me. So that's the next iteration. Mm. It's. I'm afraid of lakes though. That's why I was like, wow, you're so brave. Cause I'm just like, I won't go into the lakes and the fear of lakes, but there's, you know. I mean, the water is like green, but. Uh, yeah, that's, I'm like, you are brave. Get immunity from everything in there, you know. That's true. You're just, you know, throwing your immune system up like we got this. Absolutely. It's good. Oh. I um, love it. What was I going to say? So what? Well, I wanted to ask you some things, but I was going to say, like, what, how do you feel? Can I ask you some questions? Absolutely. <laughs> I was going to say, because you're so different. Like, you really are a very, um, not to like, I don't want to typecast because I, I love all of, all the generations, but in your generation, does it feel, like, what do you feel like needs to happen or what makes you kind of, do you, how do you see, how do you connect is, I guess what I'm trying to say to your generation and what's going on in terms of your peers? Mm. I think, I think that's something that's difficult for me to do mm -hmm. sometimes. Um, because, you know, in my environment right now, being on a college campus, it's like, 90% of people, it's like booze, go to class, repeat, booze, not go to class. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, but I do find myself connecting with the right people. Like my one buddy the other day was telling me, 
he was in therapy and he was like, yeah, she suggested like Wim Hof breathing. And I was like, yo, oh. your therapist like suggests. And he was like, yeah, it's been crazy. I've been doing it. I was like, oh my gosh, come over. We're going to do breath work together, you know? Oh, so I, I, I do feel myself connecting to them, but also in just like a, a different way. I don't know. My, I'd say like my immediate circle and stuff is small. Mm-hmm. I even had like one of my advisors the other day. He like looked me straight in the face. He goes, you keep people at an arm's reach. And I looked back at him. I said, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think that, I don't know, like with my like peers and like, gen- like I just show up as I am and like, the people that really vibe with me, you really vibe with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't, you don't, that's okay too. Like, I still love you. And, but I know like whenever I cross paths with people, like I know it's, it's for a reason. A hundred percent. I just, I love that because I think, like I said, I think this is always happening, but I think everything is very highlighted now, like in terms of how extreme everything is. And so, you know, with this, with this new generation, I've wondered, like, because, like, I believe we're in spiritual warfare right now. You know, I believe that there's another thing going on that is creating this moment. But I also believe from an entirely higher perspective that we're also just choosing this experience so that we can be forged through the fire. So it gets kind of weird because I believe in all the different levels of what's happening simultaneously but I've often thought about like you know because I I think for me I mean it really doesn't even matter what generation you're in but you know me working in the music industry or me being part of an LA world or whatever like it's been very hard for me to connect and Mm -hmm. I can't even imagine if I was actually in college where this focus on you know, like you meet kids nowadays, like little kids. And I'm like, what do you want to do when you grow up? And they're like, I want to be a TikToker. And I'm like, but like, okay, like, do you like, you want to be a dancer or you want to be a singer or you want to be a, and they're like, no, I want to be a TikToker. And I'm like, okay. Um, what does that mean? (laughs) Like, Like, what does that mean? You know? And it's not to, like, I want to understand it. I'm not being judgmental of it. It just kind of blows my mind, you know? Yeah. Like, certain things blow my mind, and I wonder how it must be to operate inside of that world because I'm so far removed. Mm. And I think a lot of people, you know, in the mental health evolution space are incredible, but when you spend time inside of that world, you start to see that there's a lot of people kind of operating. Well, I can talk about myself. Like I was in that world and I did so much, but I was also operating from a place of um, the need to perform, you know, the need Mm. to do these things. And with Richie, he really, everything comes from a place of joy. He doesn't feel the need to do anything. He just does what he loves. And um, I think it's really profound and important. So anyway, I will get you this book. Yeah. Um, I love that, that like someone, one of my 
advise not yeah one of my advisors i'm a intern for like our leadership program and um my not my mentee but like my partner it's his first year it's my second year in it um he just quit his like desk job at one of the dorm rooms or whatever and she was like love that for you just like quit what you don't enjoy and then i was like well kendra i was like that statement like applies but also like you know i don't like going to class and stuff but i haven't quit school yet you know what i mean (laughs) yes because sometimes Um, you do have to do what's challenging mm, yeah you you know those doesn't come without that part (laughs) but i complete like i don't know when when people say like i had to do this or i like and then i'm like well you didn't have to, you know? No. Um, And so those stories, like, I think also something that I'm seeing is the, when people say that they, you know, lived with their parents until they were 25 and then this happened, like, it's, it's cool for me to read about it and be like, Oh, look at them. But then to like actually do it is something else. A hundred percent. And that's why a lot of times, like that's a lot of times when people have been like, well, how do I make music in the music industry? And should I do it? I'm like, you should just stay home. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds awful, but it's not about being talented. It's about like, what are you willing to sacrifice to make something happen? So, Mm. you know, that for some people, they don't actually want to, you know, it's a, there's a lot of different paths we can go and all of them have a different curriculum inside of them. So you have to be willing to actually be ready to, you know, jump. (laughs) Mm. I'm curious, what did your like studio sessions, your creative process look like? Oh, well, it depends on, you know, what I was up to, but I was even talking to someone about this the other day. So for me personally, Um, in my own projects, like in the beginning, I felt so uncomfortable. I felt really comfortable being an independent underground rapper. But once I stepped into kind of like a main stage thing, I felt so uncomfortable. And my Mm. process became, you know, kind of challenging because I had to work with a bunch of people and I didn't know how. And um, so I kind of struggled a lot um, in the beginning. But over time, it's actually funny because I became a songwriter for other people out of necessity, um, out of like ego and out of, but not like the kind of ego of like, it was more like I had been so suppressed and so hurt by the world that I was like, fuck it, I'm going to be an amazing songwriter and I'm going to prove that I still matter, you know, Yeah. Whatever. Um, But it was actually a beautiful process because I just started when my world caved in. I just started freestyling a song every day. I just got back to the basics. I had to ask myself, why did you do all of this? What was the point of doing all of this? Did you do it for money? Did you do it for ego? Did you do? And I actually had to answer all those questions. And some of them Mm -hmm. were really uncomfortable because I can tell myself, oh, I'm doing it because I love this and I love that. But at the core of it, it's a lie. And this is about truth, clarity and boundaries, right? Like, do I love this song so much that if I put it out and only three people cared, do I, why am I doing this? 
So I had to redefine why I was doing it. And I had to take away all the rest of the stuff. Um, and what I started to do, because I was so down and out, is I started to remember who I truly was. And who I truly was, was a homeless kid who knew that I was going to do this and won a Grammy two years later from, you know, the train station. So I had to tap back in with myself about what I wanted and why I was doing things. And so I started, I was like, all right, well, I don't know how to be anything anymore. So I'm just going to write songs for other people. Now, I could have gone into the studio. I had the best rep in the world. Her name is Ashley Calhoun. She is just so incredible. So I could have gone into the studio and mm -hmm. worked with people and tried to do it that way. But I felt so disempowered. And I also was really struggling. My reputation was kind of in a weird place. And so long story short, I just started thinking about bigger artists and writing them songs from my bedroom. So mm. I would just think about Cardi and I would think about these people. And by way of doing that, I started to get called into these places, but I had almost written the songs before I even got in the rooms for all of this stuff that I ended up doing. Yeah. So I would just dissect an artist and pretend as though I was doing a workshop for them. Meanwhile, nobody was calling me. Nobody gave a shit what I was up to. But I would be like, let's say it's like Rihanna camp at my house. I'm like, okay, Rihanna. And this is what Rihanna would do. And this is what Rihanna would wear. And this is, you know, just bring uh -huh. it back. And within like three months, I was, you know, working with Timbaland and Sweetie in Miami because of my good friend Adam Small. And... So, you know, it's more so the inside out work. Yeah. So my creative process is really about kind of coming from a space of love. Like if I could help this artist and they could really be their authentic selves, what would that look like? Mm. And, um, and I deeply enjoy that. You know, the other thing is like I love to do is like labels have you know, hired me to just sit down with their artists and just do kind of like, I call it baby shy workshop, uh, baby shy workshop, but mm -hmm. um, helping people identify why they're doing it and what they would really want to say if they could really say anything to the world. And, you know, so. That's, that's so powerful. Like, like when you really think about like empowering these people to, to truly like put out what they're meant to put out. Um, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I, just, I feel like it's so important. And I think the one thing I learned about being an artist in the music industry is I lost my identity and I didn't think that I would. Um, and my identity also changed. So I had to leave room for myself to grow out of what I was prior, but I also lost myself. And so for me, when everything kind of, fell in I thought why did I come here I came here to help people see who they are and share that that's my whole purpose on this planet is to help myself and other people see who they are and you know share that so I can do that with any medium but being able to help artists who are in a position to literally change the world and helping them stay safe and navigate this really weird world that gives you a lot of money to be who you are and then changes you, <laughs> mm. you know, keeping boundaries for them, holding space for them, for them to remember why they're doing this. Yeah. You know, that's probably been my greatest joy.
Mm. And, at the, you know, if you would have told me that when I was a kid, I would have been upset about it because I wanted to be the artist and I wanted to, you know. But no, the, the older I get, the more I'm like, oh, you can do all that. I have no desire. I want to make dollhouses in the crib. Like, isn't Isn't it amazing to, like, see other people stepping into themselves and the joy it brings them like that's just a different type for like yourself oh my god it is so it is my favorite thing that's the other thing too is when i won the grammy to be honest with you i cried in bed for like four days and i was really scared because it was kind of like in that moment i realized that it didn't matter that I had just accomplished like 1% of what everyone in the music industry wanted to do. And yet it didn't make me feel any different. And in fact, it kind of made me feel like an imposter. Mm. And it was almost like, I just got all, you know, like the pinnacle of what people would want. And I don't feel any different. (laughs) And that was scary. Um, But redefining why I do everything or not even redefining, really tapping into why I started all this it's been such a joy for me to be able to watch other artists like tap into that. It, can, it makes me cry because I really think like that is such a gift, you know, to be able mm. to help people tap into who they are and share that and watch them grow. Like with my friends, um, like my friends, my friend Bruno, he manages Bia and she is literally one of the most talented people in the world. And to watch them come from Boston together. You know, I've been friends with them for probably six years to watch them create this thing together, to win Mm. together, to actually be like where she is. Like it makes me cry. Like I really am so thrilled and I have no part in any of that except just being around. Yeah. Um, But that is such a gift to see people win at that level by themselves and really figure it out and stay safe and, holds true to who they are it's been beautiful Mm. something um lately i don't know like the little things have been hitting for me Mm. um with just trying just to like compliment people like go out of my way to like compliment people and so the other day i was i was walking down the stairs in my apartment and i saw a girl wearing like a, a matching set like the top match, like the bottom and like something about matching sets. Like I, my mom used to put them in me as a kid. And then um, I saw like when I H and M, like a tan one, like a hoodie and sweatpants. And I'm like, yo, I'm rocking this like all the time. So I got one, but um, I was walking down the stairs and I was, I just like looked at her. I was like, yo, I love your outfit. And she like looked at me. She's like, that made my day. Thank you. And like, I walked out and like, I just kind of stood there for a second, like had this feeling over me. I'm like, yo, giving out compliments gives me this like feeling like no other, like, why would I not have done, not to say that I haven't done it before, but why shouldn't I do this all the time? Like, this is great. You know, spreading that love. How funny is that? Cause you've been giving out compliments. And then yesterday I was like, you know, Mm. you're so special. And I'm sure that that's gotta be hard sometimes but you know thank you because i don't know for me i make people uncomfortable i think because i just give so much love that people think i must have some sort of like ulterior motive or something Mm -hmm. 
And I have no skin in any of the game. I just really, anything I'm seeing and feeling, I'm just sharing. Because mm. I think we don't do that enough. I think we all become so uncomfortably afraid of being too much that we don't communicate, you know? So for me, I'm just out here like, hey, I think you're a great person. I mm. think you're wonderful. I think it's probably hard to be so different, but thank you for shining the light so the rest of us are free to be ourselves as well, you know? Mm. And that hit yesterday. I Like, the things, like, now that I'm, I'm in, like, this, like, perspective minds like it was exactly like what i needed to hear at that time you know and to like the power of thanking someone for them being themselves i think it's like amazing that's so important and i think i've been receiving that love lately like i had i also think that I'm able to receive that love now because I already mm. threw my own thing around it. Um, but because I've worked through my own thing around self-acceptance with who I am now and what that means for my life, because there's a grieving process of who I was before and now who I am, I had to grieve it. And it's been a, a lot of grief, but now fully coming into self-acceptance of myself, I also am fully embraced by the world, you know? So it's, it's such a beautiful process because I've felt like I was too much over the past few years because prior to the pandemic um, coming out, I kind of had this, you know, moment um, like it was 2018 and I was like, the world's going to end as we know it. There's going to be a pandemic unleashed. It'll be a choice mm. between love and fear. A lot of people will be leaving the planet. Money will change there will be race riots, all of this kind of stuff. And prior, and I put everybody on vitamin C and vitamin D and zinc. And prior to this happening, everybody was still cool with me. I think it's because they were also like, oh, baby side might be having a mental breakdown. So mm. we still have to love her. So that was beautiful. So I didn't feel uncomfortable. I was also at such a high frequency that I didn't even recognize like, or I recognized, but I didn't care how crazy I sounded. I was fully on that. And, um, but as everything started to happen, then it became scary for people. And then I became way too much and I became, you know, terrifying. And a lot of the things that I was saying were not what anybody wanted to hear. Cause why would you? So it became very hard for me to find love and acceptance in the world. And mm. so that internally really made me kind of want to hide. I still believed in myself, but it just made me want to hide. And so, you know, recently I've been so grateful because I've been getting complimented for who I am, you know, like I've been getting received for who I am and I've been making friends with people and they're like, Hey, thank you so much for giving me all that guidance. It yeah. actually changed my life and this is what happened. And, and that's been so healing, you know? Mm. So, yeah. I think we all should be practicing more love for each other, you know? Absolutely. And even, even us crossing paths. I remember sitting in the studio. I was just like, you came to my birthday I, party. Yeah. I came to your, I was invited to your birthday party and you didn't even know. <laughs> I know. Um, but like just truly sitting and listening and being present was something I, it wasn't like my intention I didn't have that like intention, but I found myself 
when I was in California, when all these new experiences were happening, just sitting in silence and like truly listening. Mm -hmm. And that's when I felt, I don't even know how to, but just like listening to you and your story, listening to like Eileen talk, listening to Mike, it was just like, I don't know. I just felt that it was like meant to be, you know? Yes, completely. And it was meant to be, it was like four of us for my birthday. Right. <laughs> we were there, <laughs> which is so beautiful. You know, it's funny. I was talking to my friend the other day and, and he was talking about how he'd always been like secretly spiritual. Mm -hmm. had never really shared with anyone so he kind of was like low-key just a fuck boy on the east coast just like clubbing you know whatever mm -hmm. and he said and then he moved to LA and he realized everyone was spiritual you know there's something about this place being a mecca for the for the misfits in a lot of ways you know where yeah you come to alignment with yourself if you come by <laughs> but I think I think that presence I think that gift of learning how to be present has been probably one of the most profound things that's ever happened for me. Mm. And it's been so truly life-changing. You know, I think because I was so self-critical, I was never really present because I couldn't be, because I always should have been doing more. Mm. And now having the freedom to really like sit with people, you know, especially doing QHHT, quantum hypnosis, I'll sit with people every day and I listen to people talk for like six hours a day. And literally they, they talk about their lives with me the whole time. And, and it's, and you know, they, sometimes people feel shame about that. Um, like, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just talking too much or I'm sorry. Like my life, you know, you're probably mm -hmm. so over it. And the weirdest part for me is I could listen for another 20 hours. I, yeah. I think it's so beautiful. Um, I think it's so beautiful that people even feel comfortable sharing with me, but also just being able to be present in that moment and receive, you know, receive what people have gone through and how profound they are for surviving or, you know, or even having, you know, I did a client, they had a wonderful life, a wonderful life. So I listened to four hours of a wonderful life mm. and they were like i'm sorry there's no like major issue and i was like you don't understand i've never even heard a story like this yeah truly i've never heard about how your parents are happily married for 40 years and how you got along with everyone and everyone loved you and you made money and everyone ate like even that experience is so profound to me to be able to listen to you know mm. Cause I didn't even know that existed in those ways, you know? So just all of it is, I don't know. It's just such a blessing to be here. It is such a blessing. Yeah. What, what are some things that, that you're working on right now? If you're, if you want to share, what are some things that you're doing, working on things like that? So it's funny because I've been practicing not sharing anything anywhere because I feel like energy, sometimes we speak things into existence and the energy around things can kind of, you know, moving in with stealth has been my kind of move lately. But, mm. um, but I think it's also beautiful to share. So some of the things I've been working on, um, I've been writing a children's book. Ooh. It was really funny because with my head, all the stuff I was hearing about 
at first I talked a lot and then I realized that might not be a vibe. But then I still, you know, the one thing they told me was I was here to help save the children. So that felt like a weight on my shoulders for a long time because I was like, okay, if I talk about this stuff, but it's not helping anyone and I'm just scaring people and now I have no friends, that doesn't seem like the point of this spiritual evolution. Mm. And they said, um, basically, I said, how do people, you know, in the beginning, I said, how are people not going to think I'm crazy? And they said the difference between a crazy person and, um, and a, you know, a, a sane person is just a, a book deal. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's so funny. You're, <laughs> like, you, you're crazy until you have a book about it. <laughs> that kind of makes sense now that I think about it. <laughs> really, I was like, damn, that's actually true. Because you could be crazy. And then once it comes in paperback, you're like, wow, what a profound spiritual <laughs> seeker. Like, what, bro? What's the difference? But so that was the first thing they told me and i was like wow that makes so much sense but then when i tried to put all of the stuff that i've received into a book i just i don't know it felt i don't know so then i was like we have to rethink this like i want to mm. tell the whole truth about what i'm receiving without freaking people out because yeah karmatically i don't want that smoke you know <laughs> i don't yeah. want your fear to be my burden uh, so they told me, well, then write a children's book. Mm. So I've been writing this children's book. I'm about 70,000 words in, and it is all about what has happened here. Um, you know, the history of the planet, the way things work, according to my head, you know, could, yeah. be, could be right. But I've been able to actually express all of the things that I've learned through this modality. So it's been very healing for me because... I feel like that's the place where I really get to tell the truth without having any responsibility for it. Yeah. You know? um, and then the other thing is that I've been doing um, quantum healing hypnosis, uh, the work of Dolores Cannon. It has been life changing um, and so crazy. So I think, you know, four or five years ago when this gift came through crazy, I was saying all this stuff and everybody that I would talk to who was spiritually connected would say, have you heard of Dolores Cannon? And I was mm -hmm. like, no, no. And I never looked her up because I was in this place of not wanting to know about anybody who had said anything that I was saying, because I was like, whatever I'm saying, I need to stick with. Like right. I don't want to get confused with other people right now, you know? And it can't, didn't it, didn't it come up like, something it came across like right i think you were talking about this when we we're in the studio like it just came across right so, so i go through so dolores cannon dolores cannon dolores cannon she said that she said that she said that so i think this woman is a psychic channeling medium okay i have no idea who she is but i'm like this bitch must be a psychic a channeler a medium whatever i have no idea who she is so four years later whatever it is uh, this year I'm sitting there and I kept hearing they want me to go to school but I'm like I've never even been to school so like what am I gonna do in school so I'm looking I'm like Reiki I already do Reiki like what what's the point you know should I do like acupuncture like where am I going to school so I go through all these things and then they say Dolores Cannon and I'm like Dolores Cannon here we go with Dolores Cannon one more time so I go look up Dolores Cannon finally, and she is a grandmother. She's already passed away, but 
she was a grandma. And I was like, oh, wow, I didn't expect that. Mm -hmm. And then Dolores Cannon has a school. Yep. Dolores Cannon is not psychic and not a channeler and not a medium. She's just a cute older lady from the East Coast or, you know, whatever. And all of the information that she's received is by putting her clients under hypnosis and having her clients literally speak this into the world. So it was so crazy to me because I was like, oh my God, I'm not saying the same thing that Dolores Cannon is saying. I'm saying the same thing that thousands of people who've been put mm -hmm. under hypnosis are saying. Mm. Talk about validation. But mm. this work has been so profound because the things I struggled with being psychic or whatever you want to call it you know really we're just radio antennas i blasted my antenna i'm receiving all the stuff that we're all capable of receiving mm. but i was a bit frustrated because i'm codependent i'm working on it been working on it probably my biggest you know cross to bear in this life but if i love you and i want you to learn what you were supposed to learn and i know what you were supposed to learn and i want I want you to get it. I'm frustrated because I'm going to try and tell you what you should be doing, which is already not okay. But like, I'm talking mm. about my best friends, you know, it's right. like, I'm going to tell you what you should be doing. But then at some point you're going to get annoyed with me. Why? Because you want to go do another thing to go learn about your pain. Okay. And I have mm. to let you do that. But I just wish that you could hear what I'm hearing. Right. That's what mm -hmm. I've always wanted. I'm like, yo, if you could hear what I was hearing, then you would just not do what you're up to. And then you wouldn't be mad at me or feel like you can't talk to me. Let's say I give you psychic advice. You do the opposite. Now you don't want to talk to me. Cause yeah. Shame. Like all of it gets so complicated and annoying to me. And I've just wanted people to be able to hear the same thing I'm hearing so that they just get more connected to themselves you know really i don't want to be a psychic i want you to connect to you in the ways that i've connected with myself and we could all light up the world but anyway so with quantum healing hypnosis it has been wildly profound because i put people under they go to usually past life regression sometimes they'll go to this life sometimes they'll go to concurrent lives mm. and we go through that life we get the purpose and the lesson of why your higher self has brought that life into your consciousness, what you were supposed to learn from it and what the point was. And then I invite in your higher self. And this is where everything changes, but yeah. inviting in people's higher selves, then they get to directly hear from themselves what they're up to and what they're not doing and the ways in which they're not showing up. So it cuts my job out completely so i just help facilitate mm. and not only that but we can do quantum body healing so people with major illnesses come in and and are completely cleared of them you know it's it's miraculous what you can do on a quantum level um but then it's cool because their higher self will come in and they'll be like you know one person i, I was asking about some thing they were up to let's just say like they drank a lot they were like oh they're wondering about drinking and they were like huh why do you think they do it and i was like i don't know why and they're like oh addiction and boredom that's them telling themselves that right <laughs> I said, well can we heal that and they said oh absolutely healed the person the person had they didn't even listen to their tape so they didn't know the combo we had because they don't remember any of it 
but they just stopped doing all of that. I saw them a few days later. They were like, oh, yeah, I'm just done with all that. I don't know why, but I just feel totally done. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting. That's beautiful. Those are some of the things. And then I'm working on an EDM project. Ooh. Yeah. With my best friend, Bad Luck and Gazo. Um, and that's the joy of my music world. I'm doing other things here and there, but I'm really being very um, intentional with everything. Mm. Yep. And intentional with everyone I spend time with. I love that. So. And then I've got my tarot TikTok, which I don't know how it'll go. But I have to do it because the other thing is not to be this person but i was watching tarot tiktoks i'm like i don't even know how to tiktok i don't even know what the vibe is like i don't know what i'm doing i'm just gonna do it to be doing things you know it's just time to move or whatever but then i watched it these people don't even know the cards they're just holding things up and they're like um you'll just make money and then you'll fall in love and then <laughs> the love will fall forever and then you'll go on a road trip yeah. And I'm like, bro, those things don't even say that. They actually yeah. told you your relationship is over and you need to go inward and meditate. Anyway. Sorry. Thank you for being you. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm just doing a whole rodeo of explanations, but No, I, I love it. And um I'm so glad we um we connected and spent this time together and just like got to truly like there's something different when you can truly be yourself in a conversation and authentically and like confidently speak from that a hundred percent and i'm so grateful for you and grateful that you're oh, you you're really clear and you serve yourself and i think it's really beautiful and as a result you serve the world and i'm grateful for the reflection you know truly and thanks for coming to my birthday party I'll you come know. every year to your birthday yeah, party. Yeah, you have to. I don't know what we'll do next year. It's hard to beat that. <laughs> you know, sugarfish in a small room. Yeah, that was the first time I had sugarfish, too. It was delicious. I, I'm so happy, too. That was actually the biggest joy of my life. I was like, wow. I'm so glad we get to experience sugarfish all together. Like, <laughs> so. Sarah, if there's one thing on your heart, just right now for someone listening just to say something to them what what would that be oh there was one thing on my heart for anyone listening i would say um stay and dig in really truly there's so much magic in this place if you just stay and dig in mm. and if you're having a hard time i really deeply get that but you know what I always tell myself if I'm having a hard time is I could always leave, but I don't know if I could always stay. And I do know that there is so much more in store, so much more light and love and joy. And, um, and we have the information to back that up. If you think back through your life, there's been huge moments of deep pain and you didn't know how you were gonna make it through those moments and yet you did. And on the other side of it, you received so much more and so many more opportunities and beautiful people and that is what this process is about you know mm. constantly getting to a new place 
and reimagining and possibly going through loss and struggle, but not attaching to those moments, attaching to the light. So I think I just said too much, but if I was going to say anything, I would love to say I love you and, mm. uh, you know, and cheers. <laughs> I love it. A little coffee cup. If you made it this far in the podcast, wow. I appreciate you. you I love you. Part, shout out to you. That's good. Yeah, shout out to you. But I just know that if you made it this far, you you made it this far for a reason. Um, and so I'm definitely confident in that, in this message. Um, so yeah, I love you. And I will. we will see you on the next one. Yay. Thank you so much.